Greg, hey. How you doing, man? Perfectly fine. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. I'll be better once we talk some fancy football. Yeah, I think that? we should do that. All right, good. Uh, hey, this is a fourth edition of our divisional previews. Today we're going to talk about the NFC South. Uh, this this should be a pretty good episode. There's a lot uh, a lot to talk about with this one. I think this is one of the more competitive divisions in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, it was last year. They had three playoff teams last year, so uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened again. Uh, but, yeah, exciting stuff. Uh, but before we do that, we have to thank our sponsors. We have, we have to. That's how we make yes. our money. It's not from our two I fans. Need, I need I, these checks to cash, so let's thank them. Um, <clears throat> this one is uh, brought to us by Elko Drilling. Elko Drilling is dedicated to superior commercial and industrial foundation drilling in a professional, profitable, and safety-conscious manner. They are the industry leader in case and drilling and industrial services since 1961, servicing the great states of Colorado and Wyoming. At Elko Drilling, your hole is our goal. Visit ElkoDrilling.com. Um, Mention <laughs> fancy football, and they'll throw in a free jar of Vaseline. Thanks, guys. All right, good. That, that's the only states they have to go in? I don't know. Probably not. That's where they're. That's that's where they're primarily located is in Colorado and uh, and Wyoming. So I wonder if I wonder if what they do is uh, is uh, state regulated. <clears throat> so, anyways, uh, you know when you're in Colorado or Wyoming and you need case and drilling and foundation drilling, um, they're the guys. All right, good. Uh, so, like I said, this division last year had three playoff teams. Uh, I don't think much is going to change on how they finish this year. So, the first team I want to talk about is the New Orleans Saints. Last year was 11 and 5. They had an awful loss to Minnesota in the playoffs with that kind of fluky play. Uh, the big question is will their offense be as good? Uh, you know, they focused all on the, the run last year. Drew Brees' numbers were way down. Uh, touchdowns wise, anyway, uh, I have them at eleven and five again, winning the division. Uh, what do you have? I have, I have uh, the, the exact same outcome. outcome. Okay. And what what do you like about them? Um, I I like I like their I like that they have they still have Drew Brees. I think uh, even though Ingram won't be there, I think they're they'll still have a good balance of running and you know passing the ball. Um, <clears throat> I. I I like I like the receiving core. I think they did a few good things in the off season, um, and uh, the only the really only weak part is uh, is their tight end. But um, even he kind of looks good at times still. Oh, they got sexual yeah. chocolate as their yeah. tight end. Benjamin Watson. So I put your hands I think together. I think they'll have a good a good balance and Drew Brees, assuming he's. Uh, He's healthy and still back to normal. I think they're going to be a really good team. Okay. So, um, 
you know, like I said, for, for these episodes, the, the guys we're kind of talking about are the mid-round picks or the fringe players, uh, you know, potential steals, I guess, or, or sleepers in the draft. Um, that's typically who we're going to talk about in these episodes, but uh, we're going to kind of stray from that for the first guy I want to talk about with the Saints. So in our very first episode, we talked about running back rankings, and this guy was actually our, our consensus. I think he was tied for number nine. As our con- uh, yeah top nine running back, uh, and that's Mark Ingram. And the reason I'm going to talk about him is because a little bit has changed since we did that episode. And, and uh, news came out that he is suspended for the first four games of the season uh, for PEDs. Yes. Uh, so he is obviously no longer a top ten guy in our book. You know, we'll do those top ten episode ranking episodes again uh, closer to the draft, and, and that's kind of the uh, the reason we caveated all those with it's very early in the season, but the the reason I want to talk about him though, uh, last four years he's been a top ten guy. Uh, four game suspension though, they have a week six bye, so he'll come back week five against I think the Redskins, and then he'll be out week six. So if you're looking at regular season, he's out really half your season. You cannot right. count on him. Uh, when he comes back after his suspension, this is a lineup he's facing. Baltimore, Minnesota, L.A. Rams, Cincinnati, and Philadelphia. That's kind of a brutal schedule when you're looking at rushing defenses, Uh, especially, you know, Rams, Philadelphia, Minnesota. They were all great against the run. Baltimore was pretty good against the run last year. Cincinnati always has a decent defense. I'm almost – he, he may be on my do not draft list for just the redraft leagues. Well, he he won't be all juiced yeah. up either. So he's he'll be a lesser man this year than he was last year, apparently. So yeah. Well, with that you know, with that brutal lineup, funny, you, 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 he's gonna yeah. I think he's off the list. Yeah, I mean you joke about that, but like Doug Martin had the same thing last year. He he four games and then what did he come back as nothing, nothing a shell yeah. of himself really so the muscle hamster was no he was just a yeah. hamster spinning on a wheel yep all right hey so the the other question and this is kind of similar to some of the other teams we talked about is you know michael thomas is the surefire number one receiver for that team uh he's a he's a locked and loaded top six i think fantasy receiver but who's who's going to be the number two? Uh, Ted Ginn was the number two last year. He had almost 800 yards. Uh, they signed Cameron Meredith in the offseason. They saw Brandon Coleman. Uh, and then in the third round, they draft uh, Traquan Smith, who I know nothing about. But uh, between really, to me, Ginn, Coleman, and Meredith, do you think any of, who's going to step up as the number I two? I think the, the most likely, uh, assuming uh, – recovery is Cameron Meredith. I think he, he, he looks like a, a, he looks like a good, good wide receiver when he did play. Um, so I, I think he would be the guy that I would bet, uh, bet my yeah. money on. Ted Ginn seems to be, you know, never, he just, he's a, he's a Frank Gore of wide receivers. He still has his speed. He still has his burst. Um, he still has value uh, to the team, but in fantasy, it's just, I I would I wouldn't count on him at all. Yeah. Right. Remember, we drafted him. I think in the auction league last year, which 
he actually had some games where he was very good, but there's just no way to predict right. it for him. Uh, I, I think Cameron Meredith is better, more talented than somebody like Willie Sneed, who did find some fantasy value in this New Orleans yeah. offense. So I kind of agree. With, I think I agree with yeah, you. Yeah, um, and Michael Thomas isn't like a ball hog. It's not like he he's they, they force it to him or they overload it with him. Drew Brees balances it out, and so, you know, I think Meredith will benefit from uh, having a good quarterback. So he doesn't just, like, when the ball snapped, he doesn't just go take it from Drew Brees right no, out of his hands? No, what he does is he runs uh, a, a great distance away from Away him. from us. Yes. <laughs> oh, what, what a yeah. team player. Yeah, he's, he's not a jerk. Great guy. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, okay, so next I have, uh, finishing second in this division, I have the Atlanta Falcons at 9-7. and seven. Last year they were 10-6. and six. They made it to the divisional round after they beat the Rams in the first round. Uh, I, I'm not sure why it was a down year for them last year, but I, I just think that's kind of what they are. You know, this is uh, – they had, the, I guess, the Super Bowl loss hangover mm-hmm. last year. Uh, they, they were just um, not very exciting, you know, with all the offensive weapons they had, they just took a huge step back last year. I just, I think that's kind of what they are. They're, they're around a nine and seven, 10 and 16 and nothing more sexy than that. Yeah. I, I you, would you have them as nine and seven? I have them as nine and seven and I have them finishing third. So yeah, that's okay. Uh, but, but to, yeah. to continue talking about them, I think, you know, the whole, the whole program in Atlanta seems to re- revolve around how well, Matt Ryan is doing and you know assuming he can connect with Julio Jones and and hopefully this you know this Ridley kid will uh, pick up the pace uh, quickly as a number two um, I, I I think they sh- I think they should be better than nine and seven but I have them at nine and seven okay so so Matt Ryan has been a true like uh, yeah, I mean he, it, it has been two a T up and down mm-hmm. years so last year he was the 22nd ranked quarterback. The year before he was number two. Yeah, he was MVP. The year, yeah, the year before yeah. that he was 28. Yeah. So he and year before that he was 28 points per game. So he has literally gone from quarterback number one to quarterback number two or three type years. Every year it's been an alternating year. So if these trends continue, this should be a good year for Matt yeah. Ryan. Uh, having said that, you had him as your number 10 overall quarterback. I had him at 15, so he was our consensus number yeah. 12. Uh, if he's if he's available when Stafford, Rivers, Ben, those kind of quarterbacks are available, I'm taking the other guys before I take uh, Yeah, absolutely. And you could be wrong just because of the way, you know, but still confidence makes a difference, and, he, and consistency is yeah. just not there with him. Yep. So the the other guys you talked about, uh, you talked about Calvin Ridley. Um, who do you think is going to be the number two there? Is it going to be a Muhammad Sanu or <clears throat> Calvin Ridley? Sanu's really not a bad player. Um, I don't I don't know what he what were his stats last year because I don't I don't remember him being too much of a top back. Yeah. So he he um he was actually the number thirty one overall receiver, which. Uh, you know, if you're looking at a, if you're looking at a 12 team league, 
Um, that's that's a wide receiver number three. You know, in, in Smock's auction league, that is a startable receiver. But he had right around 700 yards last year, uh, five touchdowns. Uh, he had some games that he had like a, a four or five game stretch last year that where he was scoring, you know, double digit points up up to you know 20 point. I think he had a couple 20 point games. So he's he was a a suitable guy i mean he definitely stayed on rosters last year um i just don't know what calvin really does to that yeah he uh, how much how much is he going to eat into it where is he going to fit in um is he going to be is he going to be the two guy is he going to be an outside guy or is he going to be a a slot guy um yeah i don't know um and, and also with the with the health of the running backs um, you know, Freeman and Coleman are athletes that should be on the field uh, as much as possible. So they, the, the offense should, should do well. And if you take any one of these guys, I feel like it's, it, you should be okay. But um, you just never know with Ryan. Yep. So uh, last guy I want to talk about is, is you just mentioned him, Tevin Coleman. Last year, points per game, he was number 25 running back. The year before, he was number 13. Those are really his only two years of significant playing time. So he was he was uh, uh, the, the top running back number two two years ago. Uh, last year, he was a little banged up. This is a free agent year for him. So he's playing for a new contract or else to he, – he, he may try to be the next Jarek McKinnon to where he can sign a big contract with another team next year. Um he has told reporters that he he is at least tracking that he's going to be more involved this year. Who knows what that means? But uh, what do you, what do you think as far as Tevin Coleman? It's it's tough because you know I don't remember him being drafted last year. I think he was. I don't know. Maybe he was. But you know, if you're after Freeman goes, um, he's really not a bad guy to have on your team as like a third or fourth running back because he's he's an injury away from being their guy, and even if it, even if he's not, you know, the starting guy, he still gets activity. So um, it, it I don't know. It's it's hard to say. Where I think depending upon who's available in the draft, snake uh, draft, I think he'll either be the clear cut favorite. Or there's going to be other guys you're going to rather have who start. Yeah, I think uh, he kind of goes as the offense goes. If if they're going to be mediocre like last year, he's not startable. But two years ago, when they were maybe the best offense in the league, yeah, where he finished 13 points per game, that was when Devonta Freeman was still number six points per game. So there is room in that offense for both of them yeah. to be uh, usable. Um, yeah, we'll see. All right. Uh, moving on. So, uh, the next team I have at third in the division, I, I assume this is who you have as second in the division. I have the Panthers at third at eight and eight last year. They were 11 and five. They were, um, uh, you know, a really strong team, but, uh, their running game was a little bit weak. Uh, well, I say that from the running back position, uh, it was pretty weak and they just did not have a lot of passing weapons. They traded Kelvin Benjamin to the bills mid-season, which made uh, Devin Funches their de facto number one. So what do, you, what do you think for the Panthers this year? Oh, what was that? I'm sorry. 
what, what, what do you think uh, the Panthers? Oh, I have I have ten. I have, I have them at I have eight and eight. Six. Yeah, ten and six? I, okay. I think this will be this will be a, a good year for them. Their defense is still still really good. Um, I ha- I have more optimism on McCaffrey and Anderson as a running back duo. Um, I think the the wide receivers. Um, I have, and boy, I didn't write down their first names, but I have Devin Funches, uh, Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, and then a guy named Smith that I can't remember his first name as a wide receiver. Tories. Tories. Oh yeah, he's a Super Bowl champion. Yeah, I have I have that no, receiver for being being more positive for their record and for the offense. Um, the yeah. you know draftable players. Um, outside of Olsen and McCaffrey and Newton, um, you know, Funches, Funches should be a guy that's active. I mean, he's a, he should be a touchdown guy. He's a big red, red zone target. Um, and you know, my second guess would would actually be more favored to Curtis Samuel rather than Torrey Smith. Yeah. So, uh, Devin Funches was the 21, uh, 21st ranked receiver last year, points per game. I, I think, you know, I think, it, you know, as I, I think about Smock's league, if we could get him as our third yeah. receiver, I think I'd be really happy with that. You know, a guy you're looking at to maybe his last year as the number one there. Um, but I think that's kind of his upside. I, I don't, I don't think he's not a guy capable of being a, Oh, wide receiver number one or anything of that sort. Um, Torrey Smith is—he's a big play guy, uh, but he's—he's he's, to me. I look at him as forty receptions. Yeah, and, if that. Yeah, maybe maybe two sixty yarders that that make the ESPN top ten plays, and that's yeah. about it. Curtis Samuel—I don't know—he was he was banged up so much last year. It's tough to see what you have, but I know a lot of people had DJ Moore ranked as their number one receiver coming out in the draft this year. So I know that's, he's a guy that a lot of people are excited about. I think he came out of Maryland, um, you know, so just a guy to keep an eye on CJ Anderson fills the Jonathan Stewart role, but I think he's better than Jonathan Stewart. He was one of only 9,000 yard rushers last year, which kind of seems weird because nobody, I, I don't think really viewed CJ Anderson as a, uh, you know, as that prolific of a player last year, uh, he finished 27th points per game. But I think CJ Anderson is going to have uh, a lot of success there. I know you like him, but uh, yeah, it should be an interesting team. Uh, I have him at eight and eight just because I think that this is such a tough division. Uh, you know, and, and they're another team that just kind of boomerangs from from a good season to a bad season, and uh, I think. Uh, Right now, I think they're very safe to assume that they're going to be, you know, an average yeah, team. Yeah, it's uh, it, you know Olsen's going to be back. Um, it, I I think there's there's more continuity going into this year, and a little bit more, um, uh, more reliability on Cam Newton. I think he'll I think he'll be he'll have a good year. Yeah, that yeah I, I think DJ Moore is a good step forward for them. You know, Curtis Samuel and McCaffrey last year, you can tell they're trying to get weapons around Cam to, to help that team move forward. Uh, they just got to make sure they get the right yep. guys. So, um, yeah, I, I you know, I haven't been eight and eight. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if they won the division. 
I mean, they, you know, they have that potential. So, uh, okay. So the last team here is Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yep. Last year finished five and eleven. Uh, Jameis Winston was banged up all uh, all year. He did miss a couple games. Uh, uh, we'll talk about him a little bit more. I, was, I have them at five and eleven again this year. I just don't think they. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't think they have enough talent to to win. I think you know, again, this is a tough division, so I think they're going to lose the majority games within the division. Uh, what do you have, Tampa Bay? Six, at right six now? and ten. I have them at six and ten. Okay. Um, I'm, yeah. Yeah, and and that's tough because like I can see again like this division I can I can see them doing well in uh, each of these teams. You know, you put Tampa Bay and the AFC South, who we talked about last episode. I I could see them winning that division. Like it, it wouldn't be out of the question. Right. To me. So, um, you know, they do have some talent. I just it's just team makeup. I just don't think fares very well in this division. But. I agree. I agree. And and you know, Jameis or Jameis or Jamies or Jimies, whatever his name is, the the crab stealer. Um, oh. He needs he needs to be he needs to be more consistent. And um, and I think I think if I think he's going to make this team uh, better just by himself being you know being better. He kind of do you, what would you, is he draftable to you? Yes. Yeah. He. Yeah. He's as a second. Yes. I. I. I could take a flyer on him. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, he he does have some high three hundred yard or four hundred yard games, but last year when you talk about consistency with him, like he is not consistent on the field or per game, but where he is consistent, listen to his his three years in the league where he's finished points per game. Last year eighteen, the year before twenty, the year before that nineteen. So he is right. I mean, he is a mid-level quarterback number two. That I think that's just what he yeah. is. Uh, yeah. To me, he he's a he is definitely a quarterback number two. He is not a guy you draft to be your starter. No. Uh, you stream no. him if he has good matchups, but nothing more. Yeah, than that. I mean, and when you're yeah, twelve team league, everybody has at least two quarterbacks. Yeah, you're you're picking him up, you know, as an afterthought and hoping for the best. Yep. All right, uh, Deshaun Jackson last year uh, signed with Tampa Bay. He was a huge disappointment. Forty seventh uh, ranked points per game in points uh, in PPR leagues. He finished uh, at nine point nine points per game, which is yeah worse than Mike Wallace, Devontae Parker, who yeah. we would consider busts. Uh, I, I feel like he has to get better uh, this year. The only guy I think. Uh, challenging him for the number two spot is Chris Godwin, who was a who was a rookie last year. He's number uh, uh, you know second year receiver out of Penn State. May may challenge him for the number two spot. What do you think about Deshaun? Well, I, I actually have the same thoughts on you on that. Is is you know I, I'm looking for the other people, uh, other wide receivers to be better than him if given the opportunity. And I actually have Humphreys and Godwin as as you know as a toss up as to who's going to who's going to take over his spot as far as uh numbers go not not position yeah. Humphreys is not a not a you know Deshaun Jackson clone by any stretch he's he's more of a <clears throat> route runner pass catcher 
you know, first down, you know, type of guy. He's a, he's a Cole Beasley. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, I would say that's about right. Godwin Godwin okay. fits more of the of the athletic wide receiver role, and um, I would think he's the one that's going to step up uh, to to go. But you know, Humphreys, if you you know you find him in the middle of the year and he's looking good, you may have to pick him up a game or two. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, okay, so uh, last two positions we want to talk about here. So tight end, it's the Cameron Brait versus O.J. Howard debate. Last year, Brait was number 13 points per game. O.J. Howard was number 21. Uh, there was really about a point and a half difference per game between the two of them. You know, last year they drafted O.J. Howard in the first round, I think 19th overall. Uh, you don't do that for a guy that you plan on keeping on the bench. Uh, you spend a first round draft pick on a tight end. You, you want to make sure he's the guy. Uh, I, t- I tend to lean because of that, tend to lean more towards Howard this year. Uh, if you look at the last half of the year, Cameron Brait was on fire the first half of last year, but the last half of the year he was junk. And I, I think I go with Howard both with the recency. So, you know, late last year he was much better, and the upside. I think uh, I would go with OJ Howard out of those. Did two. you just use the word recency? Recency, yeah. Okay, that's a that that's a that's a word. You got it. That that is an actual okay. word. I'm not going to argue with you. I just wanted to make sure I heard the word correctly. Recency. Do you not? Do you not think that's a word? The recency. I I guess I've never heard that word. Um, that's because you hang out with dumb people. Oh, they're four and two. I can't help that they don't know what those words are. I'm referring to my kids, of course. <laughs> of course, yeah. not not your drinking buddies. No, no. Gosh. What about the running backs? Recency. Because actually, yeah. I'm actually surprised that that one of these running backs isn't isn't favored um, at all. It seems like an afterthought, but yet every time he gets an opportunity, he scores. Well, I, I don't know what you're talking about there. Jarquiz Rogers. Oh, okay. So I I was actually going to go. So first of all, are, do you have anything to weigh in on on the? The tight end. Oh, sorry. Thing. Yeah, I forgot the uh, the magic word was uh, was it just got me off track. I am I am definitely an OJ Howard fan. I have no desire to have Cameron Bray at all. Um, I think going forward, Howard is going to progress, uh, and I think they're gonna they're gonna try to force that along and and make him the guy. So I don't think there's okay. any doubt in my mind that he is the guy. That if you're gonna draft someone on this team, it's a tight end. He's the guy. Okay, so so moving on to running back. So you bring up Jaquiz Rogers. Uh, I was going to pose the uh, Ronald Jones versus Peyton Barber debate, but I mean, if you want to add Jaquiz Rogers in there, uh, that that makes sense too because he's been relevant the last two years. So what what do you think is going on with the running back? Yeah, it, it looks. I mean, it from the outside looking in, uh, looks like Peyton Barber is going to get the first opportunity. I would, I would then say that, you know, Ronald Jones will, 
hopefully, you know, from his perspective, show that he's he's a better back. But you know, there, Jacques Rogers is is there, and when 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 injuries have hit that the running back room, and he's had this chance to start, they feed him the ball, and he does well. And I I'm I'm confused as to why he's not given more of an opportunity. But um, if you're gonna draft a guy. I would say the only guy that I'd be think is worth drafting is Ronald Jones in our in our um, dynasty league because of his youth um, going forward. But yeah, it's not really good analysis at all. It's not. Well, I I mean I think it goes to show that it's it's just a very unsettled situation. So. And I think last episode we talked about that with some of the other rookies that were comparable or drafted in comparable slots to Jones is just he he's you know he's got some question marks him with uh, Sonny Michelle uh, he he's a lot less predictable than some of the other guys I think so yeah makes yeah. sense to me good all right. What else, man? Anything else going on? I don't on? think so. Um, sitting Indian style is very difficult for a long period of time. Uh, I don't worry about that. Do you need a uh, – so, that? yeah, I guess that's a, that, that's important to to know is that the, the Austin studio, the Austin, Texas studio is, is much – much better suited than the Northwest Pennsylvania. Yeah, we're cra- we're crammed up here. I mean, it's 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 a makeshift studio, really. Yeah, um, you you you're you're in the same studio as the the guys who who put out the Evil Genius. Uh, that's right. Yeah, we're we're not that far away. Mamma Mia's Pizzeria, great sponsor. Good pizza. delivery yeah, service. Yeah, hey, they're they're getting double dipped there. That's uh, they should send me a free pie. Yeah. With that extra hundred thousand dollars that they're or two hundred and fifty thousand dollars that they they got. Try our new fire roasted flammable pizza. It'll make your mouth explode. <laughs> Here's a retard to give it to you. <laughs> Why is your neck so big? It's a big necklace. Yeah. Hey. Do you have an envelope with a secret if, passage or secret code that I can? I can yeah. Why? Yes, I do. If, if somebody were to, if somebody were to strap a bomb on your neck, <laughs> would you? Would the first thing on your mind be like, "Hey, do you mind if I get one of these those dum dums on the?" Uh, and the, the, the candy dish on your desk. Do <laughs> you mind if I got one of those? Mm, mystery. I oh, love I'm going to go. I, <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm going to go mystery. Because yeah. I'm, I'm a little bit crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mystery or root beer? Because I don't give yeah. a shit. <laughs> mm, root beer. Tastes like anus. <laughs> Yeah, I believe it's pronounced oh, anus. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> it it doesn't look like anus. It looks like anus. <laughs> and I mean the lollipop itself. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, that's great. All right. <laughs> All right. On that note, hey, that's it for the Fancy Boys. We're signing All right, off. We're fading out.